Welcome to this Fixtures Podcast, episode four, game week three. Uh, I'm joined today by Nikki Erdman. Hello. And Mark Naom. Hi there. Getting it right now. Um, About time, geez. <laughs> all right. So, very good game week this week. We got a lot to talk about, as usual. <coughs> Just going to say this every game week. Going to try not to be an hour. No promises. Uh, starting off from the top, we have Aston Villa 2, Everton 0. I watched this game during school on Friday, and we got a bad boy over here. <laughs> I like to think so. But uh, it was pretty good. Uh, that I was very sad because on my fantasy team, I had Tyrone Mings on the bench, and all my defenders, got, all my defenders this week got one point, and Tyrone <laughs> Mings got seven. And so it was, not a good, it was not a good week for me, but it was a good game to watch. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I didn't get caught. So, and I mean, I think that was that's poor from Everton, really. To, Very poor. Uh, I they really weren't in this game at all, and uh, I could tell immediately from kickoff that they were just they were just out of it. I mean, all their players. Which just I mean, they really didn't control possession very much, but their chances weren't very weren't very good. Everton only looked- one shot on target all game. Yeah, and they had twelve shots total. That's pathetic. Yeah. Everton looks so like out of sorts this year. I don't I don't know what's going on. It might be you know Gilfie Sigurdsson not being that great this year. It might be Marco Silva or something. But I don't know. I think yeah. they should have uh, started Moise Keane that game. Because he didn't start, yeah, probably. And I think if he w- they would have started him, he would have they would have had a better impact because they started Dominic Calvert Lewin. He's like a championship level striker. I don't know why they're still bothering with him. I know they have Moise Keane now. Well, I mean, he, Moise Keane is uh, young. I mean, you don't want to start. So is Dominic Calvert Lewin. Is he? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's like twenty or something. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty. He's like young. the same age. Hmm. Well, I don't know. That's and why it. not? And also, why not start Alex Iwobi as well? Yeah, you that's a good an, question. Paid an arm and a leg for him. I well, I mean, it's against Aston Villa, so I don't know that they thought they were going to struggle as much as they did. Uh, Louise plays for Aston Villa. No, diff- different Louise. Hilarious, uh, Louise. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, Aston Villa really did capitalize on their cha- on their chances in this they game. They really did. It was a it was a good it was a, it was a really good game to watch. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think Aston Villa was definitely the better side. I enjoyed seeing John Terry prosper once again. Do you think Wesley's going to be scoring a bunch of goals this season? I have uh, maybe versus the smaller teams, but I think versus bigger opposition. But I mean, Everton is pretty big opposition. Opposition, yeah. but I think during versus the top six. He is not going to score that many goals. But I think versus the lower teams, I think he's going to continue to bang He'll put in. up decent numbers. But, I mean, this is his first goal of the of the, of the season. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I, I don't see him putting up a ton of goals. I one really thing, don't. One thing that I did notice uh, while watching this game was Jack Grealish looked absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I never, I never really. I thought John McGinn looked very good too. John McGinn looked very good too, but I thought Jack Grealish just he controlled play in uh, in for Aston Villa, and he was just making all the right balls, all the right passes. Honestly, that score should have been much higher than two zero for Aston Villa. Jack Grealish was just absolutely phenomenal for them, and that's what like you know Jack Grealish and John McGinn are like you know meant to do. I mean, they they seem to be like the pacemakers of the team. You know, they're both. I mean, I know Jack Grealish is an academy boy, Villa boy through and through. You know, so you know, hopefully he can keep being like their pacemaker throughout the season. He can like you know if he's playing well, the team's playing well is what I've seen so far. 
All right. Well, I think that's Aston Villa 2, Everton 0. Um, moving on to your game, Nick. We have Norwich City 2, Chelsea 3. Uh, yeah, it was a good game to watch. I, uh, what I an opening 30 minutes, though. Yeah, it was a very good opening 30 minutes that I also did not get to see <laughs> because it was at 6 a.m. And, uh, oh, I think it was 6.30. Um, well, Dad came in my room and woke me up at halftime, and so I was awake and well, half awake in my bed watching this game, and I saw Tammy Abraham score that third goal, and I was very happy. And I watched a replay of that first goal that Tammy Abraham scored, and that was phenomenal. That was a very, very yeah, good two, goal. Yeah, two good goals from Tammy Abraham. And another goal from Mason Mount. Another That's goal from Mason Mount, and another goal for Timu Puki. Jesus. Golden boot leader at the moment. I know it's it's scary, but I mean Mason Mount is looking very promising now. He's starting to actually kind of. I think he's trying. I think he's starting to get used to the opposition that he's starting to play against. And yeah. I think Norwich is a familiar side for him too. And I think that's why they all played so well was because Tammy and Mason, Mason both played versus Norwich last season. They're familiar with them. They're familiar with how they play. Yeah, but, potentially. So I think that's why those two specifically played well versus them because they're used to them. Yeah, that could be it. And I think this Chelsea side is starting to click a little bit better now than I think it was. It looked a lot more promising that game. It looked a lot more like they were playing versus... uh, The build-up play looked a lot similar to how they were playing versus United. I will say I think this this Chelsea side... It could be a force to be reckoned with once Callum Hudson-Odoi is back in this team. Yeah, once Callum Hudson-Odoi and Ruben Loftus-Cheek come back, I think it's... uh, it's going to be a tough one. I think but I also was very disappointed with the fact that Bacuay did not get a start. Or even he didn't even come on. I think Bacuay needs to be given some minutes. I mean, he's been playing with our academy team in Premier League 2. And he has just been banging him in like like nobody's business. He's just been going crazy. And I think he's good enough to be our starting striker. And I want to give him that chance to redeem himself. Because he's just been shunned into exile for some reason. But, I mean, everybody anywhere, any Chelsea fan will tell you the same thing, that Bakshuayi is probably our best striker that we have right now. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And, I mean, yeah, I, well, from what we've seen from Bakshuayi, he is good. But I know he can potentially be an issue in the dressing room, and he rubs managers the wrong way. Um, it's got to be something like that. I mean, you know, with I've his talent. Actually, I've never actually heard anything like I, that. I haven't heard of anything, but yeah. it's got to be something well, like I, that. Well, I mean, at Valencia, they they couldn't, they couldn't, didn't even let him finish out his loan spell. I mean, that has to be pretty bad. He was also dreadful I mean, I over there. I, I don't, yeah, I don't. He was, but it got to the point that they said, we are, we can't even continue to have you here just as a bench warmer. You need to leave. Yeah. I, I don't of, think, I think, uh, I don't think that was a locker room issue. I think that was a money issue. Because no, because the coach said I want nothing to do with him. I mean, um, he did fantastic at Dortmund. Everyone remembers he did. that. Yes, um, he, he did pretty okay at Crystal Palace too. So we know he can score in the Premier League. So I don't, I don't see what the point of not starting him is. Yeah, I, I and I imagine he's he will proven. get a start. He's proven. That wraps up Norwich 2, Chelsea 3. <laughs> Moving on now to Brighton 0, Southampton 2. Southampton wins a game, finally. I almost said Brockhampton instead of Southampton. <laughs> okay, yeah. So thank you, Nikki, for uh, taking over my job. Um, I did it a lot more enthusiastically. So, yeah. We have Southampton putting up two goals against Brighton away at Brighton. And uh, obviously that Florian Andone red card, what on earth? <laughs> um, <laughs> that was bad. 
I was very angry about this game because I have not one but two Brighton defenders in my defense on my fantasy. And so I was very upset with this game. All right. Well, apparently we're just going to rename this podcast to Nikki's defensive <laughs> woes on his fantasy <laughs> Premier League team. My defense, I've changed my defense almost completely every game week, and it's garbage every single game week. Anyways, Musa Genepo. Yeah, I, I think these were two solid goals. I mean, I, Southampton really did take their chances in this game, and was it Brighton back to being same old Brighton? Because, I mean, I, they've had a good first two games, and this was a poor showing from them. And this is Southampton's first goals and first points. No, they did score last Oh, week yeah, that's right. That sorry, sorry. Insane yes. Adrian mix-up. But, yeah, you know. Yes, but, uh, yeah, this is this is their first points of the, of the season so far. And I think Brighton really could have done better here. And I think that playing with 10 men did not help their case at all. And, I mean, both goals was, were scored after that Florian Andone red card. I mean, do you feel that... They, Brighton could have won this game had one of their strikers not get sent off. I mean, of course they could have. I, like, you know, I wouldn't be saying this last year, but, like, you know, especially with just Trossard and Mape up front, who I'm pretty sure are both new to the team, I mean, this year, don't quote me on that, but, um, you know, having, just throwing them in the deep end by getting yourself red carded for no reason, I mean... You know that's that's gonna mess up your team your team's rhythm. You know it's gonna mess up the game a little bit. So of course, yeah. Uh, kind of branching off that, as someone who's played on a team with someone getting a red card before in very early on in the match, uh, it definitely impacts the team. It, it impacts the morale of the team and the mentality going into the rest of the match. Because instead of playing your normal game that you would like to play, your normal game where you're trying to win and you're striving to take shots off and win, you're playing more defensively. You're saying, oh, shoot, I need to cover for this guy now that he's gone. Or, right, now or, you have holes yeah, in your team you, have you need holes. to fill. Yeah, it's it's difficult. It's incredibly difficult to deal with a red card that early on in the game especially. Right, Some, somewhere in on somewhere in your on the field, something is getting sacrificed when that happens. So Norbert for the red card. Didn't have to call him out, jeez. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think Brighton really could have done better here, but I think this this loss is really on Florian Andone to not to get sent off like that. I think they have a much better shot with a, playing 11, uh, a full team versus playing 10 men. So, yeah, I think Brighton can be a little bit disappointed in that, and obviously he's suspended for the next two games because it was a straight red. Um, so they're going to need to pull out a, uh, probably Glenn Murray is going to be starting up front and get his, uh, run of games in. I love Glenn Murray. All right. So I think that wraps Fine. up uh, Brighton, uh, Brighton zero, Southampton two. Moving on to Man United one and Crystal Palace two. An absolute shocker of a game. Ryan, what do you make of this? Apparently, Nikki's taking over the podcast. Um, yeah, this honestly. Uh, how much was Harry Maguire again? 80 million. I'm, so, I'm sorry, can you say it one more time? 80 million! 80 million! 80 million for that really just bad, bad defending. Don't that forget Jordan the 50 million for 
uh, Aaron Juan Bissaka too. That he wasn't really at fault for that Jordan Ayew goal, but that that's, was a total mix-up between Lindelof and Maguire. Where first of all, Lindelof should have had that header. There's no reason for him not to. He totally was like, ah, it's not a big deal, and just didn't go for it. Jordan Ayew wins the header, and then Harry Maguire is not covering at all, and Jordan Ayew just had just a mile of open space, and then just some not great goalkeeping. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was just really shocking. But um, the one thing I would like to touch on is let's talk about the big man, Daniel James, two goals and two appearances for him now for Manchester United. And the Daniel James goal was yeah, fantastic. That was, fan, that was a fantastic goal. And, and honestly, he's looking really confident. He was the cheapest transfer they had this transfer window, and he's probably the best one. Okay. Yeah, he's looking like an absolute steal. <laughs> what? I would not I would not call him the best one after the two The best games. transfer that they've had. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to make that statement United? right now. The best transfer that they've had this season, United. I'm going to say think is the best transfer. Well, I'm going to say so far, but I think overall it's going to end up being Aaron Wan Bissaka. I, I think they right. needed him the most out of all of them. Their like their defense has never been or hasn't been great recently. I mean, like obviously, clearly it's still not yeah, great. It's still not perfect. But you know, I think I think with like I mean, he was Palace's best player last season. So with time, I think think it's going to end up you know it's going to end up showing that Daniel James is a great buy. Especially for a great price, but you know Aaron Wan-Bissaka is going to be, you know, a very a very good player. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka is good, um, and I think United definitely made a good deal with that. If Daniel James can keep playing how he's playing, I think he could be an absolute steal. I think it's a little too early to uh, to tell the one way or the other. I saw how he was playing at Swansea, and I'm telling you, he's going to be their best transfer this season. I he's absolutely phenomenal. Well, time will tell, but so far, uh, so far, so good for for Daniel James and Crystal Palace. And then um, we have the moment of the game, ninety third minute. Just some really poor defending and Lucky. really and really poor goalkeeping, and Crystal Palace walk away with a win at at Old Trafford after United's twenty two shots to Palace's five, and after Same having a lot of shots on target though, both yes, have three shots on target, and after a twenty eight percent possession for Crystal Palace. I mean, that this was is a FIFA game. Yeah, that that last like fifteen minutes for Palace was like, you know, I like I was like sweating. I was about to fall out of my seat. It was so. It was like you know, especially after Daniel James got that goal. It was like you know, how are they gonna score another one? How are they like? It looked like Man United was about to score. A second. Yeah, honestly, how are they gonna hang on at this point? Yeah, I know. It looked like Man United was like pushing for the 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 second goal, the winning goal, and then all of a sudden, just from like the most shoddy counterattack I've ever seen, <laughs> Patrick Van Anholt gets the worst goal I've ever seen. But it it was just magical. It was so funny and to watch. De- and, and David De Gea really he should have had that. He should have had that. He should have had that. And that's uh, you don't be a, you're as a world class goalkeeper, you don't miss that. And I mean. As much as this, I mean, there was a lot going wrong in this game, but I think that that at least that point it falls on David de Gea to not to miss that save. Um, and I think backing up because we kind of jumped ahead. Um, obviously, the Rashford penalty miss. So after 
the debacle. He was last my striker. After the deba- after the debacle last week of who's taking the uh, penalties at United, is it Pogba? Is it Rashford? Is it Martial? Rashford now gets his chance and also puts the penalty he wide. He booty. He booty. They should send De Gea up there. I mean, honestly, <laughs> what, what do they have to lose? <laughs> so, and I mean, because this was quite the debate last week of who should be taking penalties and the the debate was if uh, it really didn't look like United had a system of who was taking penalties and it kind of looked the same way this week and Rashford missed his penalty as well so they really need to get that penalty situation sorted out because two two missed penalties in back-to-back games is not good <laughs> not good at all I mean I think we all, we all know who's taking the next penalty though so you know, I, I don't think I don't think there's gonna be any controversy on that one. Harry unless McGuire? Martial misses. Oh, hilarious! Unless Martial misses that one too. So Daniel James. So we'll 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 see where that goes. Um, you know, I just want to say real quick, my goal for this podcast is to one day have Alan McAnally on this podcast with us. Mark, would you like to agree with me on that? Statement? Oh, I, I completely agree. Alan McAnally is the greatest commentator I have, of all time. Well, I want an episode with Alan McAnally and. Ray Hudson. Oh, Ray Hudson on here would be and magisterial. All right, well, then you better start putting out some better content there, bud. Hey, uh, this has been the most interesting <laughs> episode so far. Also, you <laughs> cut out all of my funny, all right, yeah. not racist, Okay, well, not we're getting rid of jokes. that now. Okay. And uh, there's another cut. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think that wraps up uh, United 1, Crystal Palace 2. Game, Go ahead. And uh, you want to announce the next game, Mark? Go ahead. Of course. Uh, so we got Sheffield. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Watford one, West Ham two. Three. My jo- Watford one, West Ham three. I am so sorry. Uh, for Mark, this is not, this is not your job. Podcast. I know. I, uh, I I didn't sign up to be the announcer. Nikki so put me up to it. Sebastian Holler finally puts up some goals and. Uh, I'll, even though they were both kind of tappings, um, he's he's scoring and that's good. Goals and goal for, uh, for for West Ham. A forty-yard banger is worth the same as a two-yard tap. Watford scoring their first goal of the Premier League season so far. Weren't they the last team to do it? I feel, yeah, I feel yes, like that. I, yeah, yeah, I think so. And I mean, and then going on to still lose three-one is Watford in some serious trouble. I honestly. At this point, I don't think Watford made the moves they needed to make during the transfer window. And I honestly think that if they don't make some serious money moves in uh, in January, I think they would, they're would. they definitely in danger of maybe even being relegated. Yeah, that backline is not a Premier League backline at all. And honestly, the That's rest, a, of, the, the rest of the team line. really isn't. I'd say De La Feu... Is the only one I would like confidently say is the only three people I would put as or four sorry four people I would put as Premier League ready would be De La Feu, Cleverly, Gray, and Will Hughes. You don't like Holobus? I don't. I think he's getting to the end of his career, and I think he's starting to age more. And I don't think he's as good as he used to be. For the record, Holobus is thirty-five years old. So yeah. So yeah, I'm always right. Um, But West Ham putting on a good display away to Watford. um, Obviously scoring three goals. One of them is a penalty, very early penalty. Um, 
and then two goals from Sebastian Aller. So, I mean, this is a good win for West Ham. And, I mean, they were a little shaky getting off the mark, I think. But I, th- I think ho- if they can build on this, they'll be in good shape. Um, but whether they can do that or not remains to be seen. So, but, uh, yeah, Mark, how do you feel about West Ham in, in this in this win? Um, okay, so I think this this win is definitely, like, a big confidence booster for West Ham. I mean, you know, this team is, like, the weirdest Premier League team I've ever seen. They got, like, Pablo Fornells and, like, Felipe Anderson playing on the same team as Fabianski. And so I, I, I never thought I'd see that. So I think they just need some time together, some confidence, and then, you know, the cohesion will come with time. So I think this win is a good start. Hopefully they can get a couple more in there. Yeah, and I mean, 16 shots, 10 on target, that's a pretty good ratio, uh, as opposed to Watford's 23 shots, only managing three on target all game. Um, so pretty poor from Watford. I believe they are currently in last, because I think this is, it finally makes sense to actually start looking at the table now that we are have a couple, uh, a few games under our belt. Yeah, Watford in last place, the only team not to get any points so far yeah, this that's season. That's going to be a, a hard hole to dig out of, honestly, I think at this point. I mean, with that negative six goal difference, that's killer. Yeah, and I mean, they're they're not, not looking good for uh, Watford at the moment. So uh, I think that wraps up uh, Watford 1, West Ham 3. Uh, moving on, we have Sheffield United 1, Leicester City 2. So uh, That's another victory for Leicester, and honestly, I'm, I'm every week I become more and more impressed with Leicester, to be honest. Yeah, Leicester, Leicester played well here. Obviously, Jamie Vardy getting, uh, getting on the score sheet with a, with a good goal. Um, Oliver McBurney scoring for Sheffield United is good for, uh, good for him. He's obviously their their most expensive player and uh, broke their transfer record. So it's, it's good to see him getting on the score sheet. I like Oliver McBurney. I, I, I like him a lot. Um, but Harvey Barnes putting in uh, the second goal for Leicester and sealing the deal. So uh, With a pretty great goal, I have to say. I'm pretty sure he's an academy player from them, right? Um, I, I believe so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I, I think uh, this is a solid win for Leicester, obviously away at Sheffield United. Sheffield United starting to stumble a little bit, too. They started well, um, but uh, obviously uh, they, they beat uh, Palace and then uh, drew at Bournemouth. So they're, they're looking good. They have four points so far. Uh, after three games, and Leicester's always going to be a challenge for them. I feel like, um, even at home. So, I don't think Sheffield can feel too bad about this result. Yeah, not a bad result at all. Yeah, they, they, I don't think they were truly expecting a win at all. Like they were hoping for a draw, I'd assume. So, you know, this isn't the worst result possible. Can you do me a favor, Ryan? Can you look up Sheffield's mascot? I want to see because they're known as the Blades, but I want to see what their mascot is like. It's just like a this giant, good, just, good, just uh, like a giant sword. It's a pirate, for the record. Um, that's that's pretty sick. <laughs> so this is good content for a podcast that has no visual element. Uh, <laughs> they can imagine. They so know you can imagine what like. a pirate looks like, and that's Sheffield United's mascot. Um, 
Yeah, so this is... Uh, I think Sheffield United is doing surprisingly well so far this season. I think they could have easily been the whipping boys of this competition. And they're sitting at four points after three games. I, that's not bad at all. So if they can keep it up, I think they, they have a shot at staying up. They really do. But uh, it's going to be tough. Chelsea up next is not a great fixture either. So this will be like their true, like, you know, per, like their, uh, what's it called? Oh, moment of uh, rite of passage. There we go. Um, where right. they figure out, you know, are they truly Premier League worthy? Like they're about to go up against the big boys, you know? Yeah. And Chelsea coming off a win is going to be even more difficult. Um, but Chelsea has looked still odd. I think they're still finding their feet too. Um so we'll see. That's a game that's definitely going to be one to watch for next week. Because, um, yeah, I have been impressed with Sheffield United so far. So uh, I think that wraps up Sheffield United 1, Leicester City 2. Moving on, we have Liverpool 3, Arsenal 1. Okay, so I know from the sto- from the scoreline, that is not a good scoreline. But I don't think you – I mean, most fans will remember this. We get we get beat uh, like four five one at Anfield most of the time, so I can't I can't hate that. I mean three one is better than we than what we've normally done. We ha- we didn't look perfect, but you know. Well, and Arsenal actually came off the mark looking pretty good. They had a lot of really good early chances. Um, Adrian almost really ended up in the headlines for the wrong reasons again um, after. Coming off his uh, coming off his line and messing it up, messing up and running into Van Dyke and then Aubameyang almost chipping it over him, uh, but luckily uh, it was put wide and Liverpool went on to score three. So, Mark, yeah. I would like to ask you a question here. Okay. Go for it. Why is Nacho Monreal still starting? Okay, here's the thing. When your first choice left back who just signed is already injured and your second choice Came literally got right robbed. Away. I mean, like, like he's been out. I'm sorry, Nacho Monreal has to start. This, this is, the, I think, this is the main problem with like, you know, the beginning of the season Arsenal right now. We've got so many injuries and so many players just out for various reasons. Like, you know, we haven't been able to start Mesut Ozil or Kalashnikov. I mean, from this back line, we have one starter out of four plus the goalie, and so I, I honestly think that you know results are going to start getting better after a little bit, but. You know, we still have Torreira, who isn't completely match fit. We still have Lacazette, who is still mer- uh, nursing a minor injury. This team is going to look better in a few weeks. It's just we we have, like, you know, sort of a mini injury crisis. Um, also, David Luiz is a secret agent. <laughs> yes, let's talk about David Luiz for uh, a good a sec- moment a secret here. secret agent. Because, uh, agent wow, you thought you were getting an upgrade from Mustafi. We were. I. I still. I'll still maintain that it is. Because well, if it, if it was Mustafi, it'd be another four or five one. <laughs> well, and I mean, this is just kind of what David Luiz does. He he always he's a decent defender, and you don't re- realize that when he's doing well. But when he fails, he fails spectacularly. <laughs> and that's why that's why almost every Arsenal fan is waiting for Rob Holding to come back because Rob Holding, twenty three or so years old, but he's still like an upgrade over everything else we have minus Socrates. Like, you know, last year he got to play, like, eight Premier League games, and him and Bellerin looked great in all of them, and then they both got injured. 
right in a row. And so I think the Socrates and uh, holding partnership looked pretty good last year. So hopefully that comes back soon as he's just come back from injury. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the first goal. So obviously Joel Matip uh, coming in and scoring that header. Big man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Big man for sure. And uh, really, really fantastic Joel Joel Matip. That's two goals in, in two games for him. So that's. Uh, I'm going to beat Joel. No. Except the fancy E. <laughs> it's got the fancy E. Uh, so, uh, and then obviously the penalty where uh, David Luiz pulling on the shirt. And uh, so I'm putting that one away. And then the third goal where he just left David Luiz for dead. And... Uh, yeah, really, just fantastic. That was just that was some vintage Mo Salah in that and that third goal. That was fantastic, and I mean, as soon as you saw him dribble past David Luiz, you knew you knew that was going in. Um, but uh, Torreira getting pulling one back at the end, um, obviously not, nowhere near enough. But uh, it was it was a decent goal. It was it was well done. Um, I will say. And uh, Emery played a or angry, jeez. Oh, Emery pulled a Wenger this game with uh, decide, like he, he waited on changing the tactics up until we were two. I think uh, he brought Lacazette on when we were two nil down. Lacazette, although I guess he he was kind of a risk to start, is one of those like you know halftime or sixtieth minute substitutions if he's not starting. He's an impact player for sure, but uh, like you know if he was fit, he'd obviously be starting. But, like, you know, going this far down, you need to put on your third striker. You need to put on a proven goal scorer other than Aubameyang because Aubameyang could not find, you know, couldn't find a goal that game. So Lacazette always steps in in his place. Because, you know, with with having three attackers like that, um, having three attackers like that, you know, it's it means you have three different players that are that can score. But when one of them, you know, is just a little bit off form that game and then the other one is, you know, a new player, you kind of need the third one to come in, step up, but he couldn't cuz he, he he was only brought on like 80th or so minute. Yeah, but uh I think overall this is a good win for Liverpool. I don't think there was ever any doubt that they were going to beat Arsenal at Anfield. I think they have won every single game against them at Anfield in like the last Three or four years. Yes, it's 2015. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't think there was any ever any real concern. So uh, and it, it could have been a lot worse for Arsenal. So, but uh, good display from Liverpool, and obviously in first place at the moment, the only team to win all three of their games. Manchester City in second with seven points. Man, you're cool. And uh, yeah, we're top of the league and having a laugh. Um, Moving on to Bournemouth 1, Manchester City 3. So I would just like to start out by saying... Click the button. But Whoa! <laughs> okay, now I would like to start out by saying... Once he clicks the button... Click the, click the, click the button! Well, you clicked okay, the wrong button. Now I would go. like to start out by saying... That Harry Wilson's free kick was absolutely amazing. That Phenomenal. Was like, Phenomenal. That was the most. That was like one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. It was. I scared it my dad have, with that. It, it could not have been any more like perfect. It was. It was beautiful. His free kicks are unbelievable. I, th- I would good. say him and uh, uh, what's his name, Madison, are tied for the best free kicks in the league. 
100%. I'm I'm so excited to see Harry Wilson at, at Liverpool once he. Uh, I think this season at Bournemouth is going to be fantastic for him. I think he's going to be. I think he's been looking like Bournemouth's best player in these past few games, and uh, Bournemouth is not a not a bad side. So that's that's an accomplishment. So and they have an injury crisis going on. He's going to get yes. so many chances. I mean, he came on for Charlie Daniels, who went off injured. So well, two goals yeah. in two games. So I mean. And I think they were both from free kicks, right? His other one was a free kick as well. I have no idea. I believe it was. This um, is my input, though. But uh, yeah, his he was fantastic. Um, but at the end of the day, that that was not enough, and uh, I City pretty comfortably, as I think we all expected, saw this game off pretty comfortably. Put up a good fight. They put up a good fight. It could have easily been like a five-zero thrashing, but they put up a good fight. I respect them for that. That's pretty much, I think that's everything we need to say about this game. And no, I think, okay, uh, that might not be everything because, you know, Sergio Aguero, you know, a lot of people are like, especially after last week when he kind of feuded with uh, Guardiola, everybody was like, how is he going to come back and, you know, show Guardiola that he needs to start? And I mean, two goals, two well... Well, okay, a well-taking goal and a half. I mean, I think, I think that's, I think you know, he kind of proved, you know, he's still, he's still there. And of course, David Silva was insane that game too. Yeah, and De Bruyne's still looking good as well. Uh, Raheem Sterling, another goal for him. Yeah, this City side is 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 looking good, and I I don't think they were gonna, they were definitely not gonna slip up in this game after uh, after last week with the draw against Spurs. Um. So, so, why is Zinchenko number eleven? <laughs> um. Anyway, right. so and uh and Jao Cancelo making his uh, debut for City in this game, uh, think, coming on for Kyle Walker. Yeah, I think Cancelo is so, going to be pretty important. I mean, Kyle Walker, especially last game, he didn't look as great as he normally does. So you know if. It, he finally has like a rotation option, so you know if he starts doing that again, Kinsella can come right in. Kyle Walker's kind of a jerk. Yeah, no, definitely. He was getting booed by the fans the entire time, though. So like, I've never met him, but like, he gives like he gives off the energy of a jerk, you know. And like, I've seen him do some jerk stuff. Yeah. Plus, he played at Tottenham, so automatic <laughs> garbage. So uh, yeah, I think comfortable win for City. As I think we all expected. So Bournemouth won Manchester City three. Now on putting them at seven points, obviously in second place behind Liverpool after the draw with Spurs last week. Speaking of Spurs, ooh, my favorite game of the week this week. <laughs> Mike is not here to explain what happened, but he did send me a lengthy message um, of his explanation of what went wrong. Well, with Tottenham 0, Newcastle 1. Well, while you pull that up, I would just like to comment that those Newcastle jerseys are absolutely fire. Those orange Newcastle jerseys, oh my god, they're, they're beautiful. And they're now, so pretty. They're so, they're so pretty. Anyways, Almiron was running up and down that pitch the whole time. The Newcastle team actually looked like they wanted to be there and wanted to win. That was that that kind of surprised me. Like I I know that's that's a little weird to say that surprised me, but like you know, especially against the Spurs side, you'd expect them to like just pack in and sit there. They did, especially in the second half. But that first half, they were lively. I want to see Newcastle with Joseph Martinez. 
<laughs> Please. Well, uh, Joe Linton actually uh, scored his uh, first goal for yeah. Newcastle. Um, it, so, uh, obviously, the young striker coming in, he, I believe he's their most expensive player at the moment. Yeah, he is their uh, transfer record. Finally yeah. broke it after Almiron and before that, Michael Owen. So, I mean, and so him putting up that goal is going to be huge for them. And the goal was really shockingly bad defending. Davinson Davinson Sanchez Sanchez stepped out of position and just, I mean, the space just opened up between Davinson Sanchez and Danny Rose. You could have drove a truck through there. It was so bad. I, I don't understand what the thought process was was there. I mean, Sanchez really moved out of the way. Mike blames it on Danny Rose, but I think he blames everything on Danny Rose. His car doesn't start in the morning, and he's like, Danny Rose? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, and I mean, yeah. So I think that goal is definitely on Davidson Sanchez. That was a really poor defending, um, and there's just too much space between the two of them. Honestly, after that game, and after seeing that team play, and after seeing those beautiful, beautiful orange jerseys, I really want to buy an orange jersey of Newcastle with Almiron on the back now because I really like those orange jerseys. They were really good looking. Did you see those jerseys, Mark? I, I actually did. I, so I didn't particularly great. love look them it, as look much at as it. you apparently do, but, you know. Well, and then... So pretty. Th- then, but the shocking thing for me is... Tottenham's game plan was to just lob balls into the box the whole game, and it was clearly not working after about twenty minutes. Yeah, because I they mean, were Paul, playing. F- I mean, Newcastle's playing five in the back because their their whole game plan was we're going to just go, under all costs we're just not going to let Tottenham score. And, and I, I mean, you can't take some, anything away from the back line. I mean, Paul Dummett. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Paul Dummett looked good. Uh, Jamal LaSalle's other than tripping over his own two feet and almost giving away Charlotte a penalty. Too. Yeah, Cher, Cher looked good. And, well, then and we'll the, get to the penalty in a moment. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, otherwise, you know, uh, other than the mistakes, they looked good. And then, of course, Martin Dubrovka was phenomenal. Yeah, but I feel like for m- uh, most of the game, Spurs was passing back and forth between Lucas and Son, kind of just over the... Uh, over the box, just kind of crossing back and forth and just overhit crosses left and right. And, I mean, and Danny Rose as well and uh, Kyle Walker-Peters putting in crosses, and they just were not connecting with anything. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what uh, really Pochettino just, was Really there. just shocking uh, that a Spurs side like this would kind of go they all i mean they i mean honestly it looked like they were like they looked like burnley and they had, with the way they were playing i don't i did i did not understand it with two shots on target they took you know i think was it 17 shots with two on target i mean that's that's just you know that that's not the tottenham we all know and hate like you know yep 17 shots two on target yeah so 81 percent possession yeah 81 percent possession i mean it looked like it looked like a team trying to it looked like, you know, like you you trying to drill a hole through, like, the earth. It's not going to work. You're not going to get all the way through the earth. 763 passes to Newcastle's 190. They, they just decided they wanted to pass around a lot, which I can respect. But, you know, passing around is fine until, you know, you realize you're 1-0 down. You actually need a goal. And, I mean, in this instance, I really think that... 
again, Tottenham was missing Christian Eriksen, and he by the time he came on, it was too little too late. And they they just don't have a playmaker in this team. Because Son is great off a counterattack and off a break. L- Lucas is very... Uh, Inconsistent, I feel like, but when he's on, he's on. Harry Kane is is Harry Hard Kane, Hard but um, I feel like they don't have anybody in that midfield that can really play those through balls and play through those that front three of Lucas Kane and Son. I mean, Lamella is not good enough. I feel like to be the playmaker. Winks and Sissoko are not playmakers either, and uh, it's just it's it's. They really need to get the Ericsson situation sorted out and either start playing Ericsson or just ditch him. And I mean, they're going to look better with the Deli Ali coming back into the side, um, returning from injury. So, uh, one thing that I have noticed, which I don't think either of you would have touched on this, but um, Christian Atsu for Newcastle, I've seen him play in two games for them now, and he's looked very good in both of them. I think you would not have said that any other season than this, though. Yeah, Christian Atsu over the past, as as somebody who in, in, was has been enjoying Newcastle for the last few seasons. Christian Atsu is not uh, not somebody you want to rely on week in week out. Yeah, but he was he's been playing good recently um, on a good run of form. Good luck. So uh, conceded on bad marking by Danny Rose and Davidson Sanchez. Uh, lots of crossing into the uh, into the box that didn't work out. Um, Lucas not being able to hit the net, and obviously the talking point of the of the game. Oh boy, Mike Dean denying the penalty to Spurs after uh, Lascelles trips Harry Kane in the box. Mark your thoughts on this. Okay. Is this a penalty? First of all, let's just get that out of the way. Yeah, I mean, Jam- I, I understand Jamal Lascelles was not tackling Harry Kane. He tripped over his own two feet, but it was an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. He was the last defender. Harry Kane was basically through if, you know, again, he hadn't just taken himself down. So I think I think Mike Dean, ever since uh, somebody called him a Spurs fan, I, people started calling him a Spurs fan because he celebrated one of their goals. Ever since then, he's hated Spurs. I, I don't I, I guess he, it's like retribution or something. But um, I don't know. He, <laughs> but he's like uh, I don't know. He did not make the right calls throughout the whole day, especially when it came to like penalties. I feel like that should have been given. I feel like he's been pretty in the past. He's been pretty inconsistent too. He's, yeah, I think he's, he's definitely. He's not uh, had, the best. Yeah, ref. he's definitely one of the refs that gets called out quite a bit. Um, Nikki, your thoughts? Was it a penalty? I'd see it. <laughs> all right, Nikki, being a professional, uh, researching all the games. This is hey. this is the uh, cutting edge content you listen to this podcast for. I'm um, here for the humor. I'm not here for Jamal Lascelles tripping over his own two feet. I can't uh, stop saying. So that. Uh, no, so okay. Bigger so shoes about here's the size of canoes. <laughs> here, here's my interpretation of the events. So Mike Dean does not see the penalty. Um, and I think there, that you could make you could make an argument that Harry Kane is a little bit fishing for that penalty. Um, is does that make it not a penalty? No, it's a penalty. I think all day. Um, but the that Mike Dean then that says it's not a penalty. 
it goes to VAR. It's now up to VAR to make a, to either say that Mike Dean has made a clear and obvious error, this is a penalty, and to retract play and give the penalty, or to say that there's not enough evidence to say that this is a clear and obvious error and that continue to play. I think that's what happened in this case, is that there that this is not... I don't think this is a... 100% a penalty. I think it's probably 85 to 90% a penalty. But uh, you know, because you didn't have that 100%, I think the VAR refs were reluctant to kind of go against the head ref in this case without it being a, a super clear and obvious you know, that mess up by Mike Dean. Nicky, I would ahead. like I would like to pull a quote here from the special one, okay? He said, the only people who can complain about the introduction of security cameras are thieves. Well, and I don't even think this is necessarily complaining. I think the complaint about VAR... Well, I mean, the alternative to this situation is, of course, Mike Dean goes over to a screen for six minutes and watches Harry Kane be tripped from every single angle. And then after everybody sits around and we play a commercial and... Everybody hangs out for way too long. Mike Dean comes back with a decision. And that's what the Premier League specifically wanted to avoid by going this route and having it be a case of uh, there not being the this going to the screen and doing this. That The only time that the VAR comes into practice is if there's a clear and obvious error or if the ref, you know, needs uh, a review on something. And the video refs aren't obviously aren't doing what they're like, you know, meant to be doing. They're supposed to they're supposed to overturn a decision if the decision it's not about like proving the head ref wrong. It's about saying, you know, the head ref was at, you know, the wrong angle to see this. You know, they need to they need to be able to tell tell the audience or not the audience. They need to be able to, you know, tell the ref that um that that penalty or that you know challenge should have been a penalty and it wasn't their fault but you know it still needs to it still needs to be overturned from a not penalty decision to a penalty decision yeah and but i i think that it's potentially a case of that the var refs are almost a little reluctant to make that kind of call um and it's to a, kind of go against the the head ref like that you know, so it happens. It's like we move no, on. No, and I, I, I think this is, and I mean, quite frankly, I know that there's been a lot of complaints about this. It should have been a penalty stuff in this game specifically. I'm sorry, but I don't feel like Spurs should be com- complaining that they didn't get a draw against Newcastle at home. They and complaining that chances. it's Mike Dean's fault. I'm sorry, but Spurs would, did not show up in this game, and Newcastle deserved that win. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, I don't think that's Mike Dean's fault. Yes, he made mistakes, but at the end of the day, Spurs really should have just steamrolled Newcastle, and they didn't show up. And poor defending, poor attacking, just poor an all-around poor display from Spurs really... Uh, really led to this. I don't. I don't think that that penalty maybe makes it a point each. But I mean, at the end of the day, 
You know what? I you shouldn't realize? be relying on that. I don't think you cannot spell Tottenham without ham. Thank you, Nikki. Very cool. But honestly, I think Steve Bruce decided that um, you know he, he knew what was going to happen in the game, so he was like, you know, he he didn't want to pull you know a Sean Dyche with you know the long balls out of the box, but you know. It kind of ended up what that was what happened. What happened just because Spurs didn't adapt to you know Newcastle wanting to sit back. So like Bruce, without really having too much of a tactical masterclass, still outthought Pochettino, which was weird and worrying. Well, the interesting thing about this game, to me at least, is I feel like Newcastle really went. Back to almost Rafa Benitez tactics and kind of stayed away from they really lined up and looked like they did last season. And I think that helped them a lot uh, in that regard. It, it, they I don't think they were they I think they, he's trying to find a bit of a hybrid to use these, you know, these players that have been playing under Rafa Benitez and kind of merge his own style with. Rafa Benitez style, which is interesting because they're two very, very different styles. I would also um, like to comment on the fact that uh, St. Maximin went off injured, and he was a, he's a very good player for them. He's one of the most expensive transfers that they brought in this year, and uh, I think that might hit them a little hard. Do you know how long he's out for? Because, yeah, St. Maximin is uh, a good player. Do you know how long he's out for? I have no idea. Hmm. But he, I know he went off injured because I was watching that part of the game. He's a very good player, very solid player. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think that uh, wraps up that game. So Spurs nil, Newcastle one, which takes us to the last game of the week: Wolves one, Burnley one. I don't even know how that happened, dog. Is Wolves feeling the year Euro- the uh, European football curse? I mean. They played really well in the Europa League, to be fair. They no, beat they Torino. did. They, they cleaned they Torino. Torino. It was a great game. I mean, I, I think they are, right now, they're focused on the Europa League 100%. But and don't I, take anything away from Burnley either. Yeah. I mean, that was a good display by Burnley. I, oh, and yeah. that goal was unbelievable. Ashley Barnes for not only the Ashley golden Barnes. boot, but the Puskas. I'm kidding. Yeah. That's not winning the Puskas. But, you know. Well, and it, and exactly. it was, uh, well, for next year. Um, it was. This was a really, really, you know, I've been saying over the past few weeks that um, maybe Burnley's turning over a new leaf and they're starting to play interesting uh, football. Uh, no, this was this was some vintage Burnley. Uh, I don't know if you, like that goal was hoofed up from their own half, just a long ball up, and just some bouncing around falls to. Uh, Falls to Barnes and he just slams it into the into the goal from outside the box. It was a fantastic strike, um, really really good. And uh, Burnley really played well this game. Uh, their defense was solid, and Wolves on the other hand looks very very limp. Um, they do not look themselves. And I think it is because they are putting putting so much into the Europa League that they're starting to feel it. And Jimenez and Jota have not been at their best so far this season. Not the Premier League. Tony, really. Well, he hasn't been playing very much. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, it's 
they could be in a bit of trouble. Um, they they could not be finishing as high as they want. I don't think they're going to get relegated or anything, but um, I don't think they're going to be finishing as high as they would want to with their current run of form. Three draws in three games. Not great. Consistency. <laughs> Which, yes, it's consistent. But this but, one also uh, came off Eric Peters losing his brain in the last minute of the game, so... Yeah, and, yeah I, and I mean, they're, 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 for the record, it. their three draws have been against Leicester City, Manchester United, which is a good draw, um, and Burnley. So, I mean, I think they, I think they can be a little disappointed to not pick up some points in those games, but it's going to get easier for them definitely. So, um, up next, they play Torino on Thursday of this week. And Everton on Sunday. Everton on Sunday, followed by Chelsea, followed by Palace, Watford, and City. They actually have a really tough start to this to the season, um, especially with those European League games. But it, it starts to uh, ease up a little bit for them towards the second half of the season. Wee oui, wee. Oui. So, uh, yeah. So, I think that... Uh, that you guys have anything else to I add? Went, on I, have games? A, I have something to add, not to this game, but in general to the podcast. Sure. Okay, so now it's time for a new series on this podcast that I'm starting now. and Without telling us. This is, I came up with it in the middle of this podcast while I was sitting here while they were talking about something that I didn't really care about that much. But, uh, so this is the new quote of the week where we take a quote from somewhere, not necessarily the Premier League, somewhere in the footballing world, and we share it with our viewers, or not our viewers, our listeners. And our, 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 our viewers who can't see anything because our, there's no visual element to this podcast. Our yes. listeners, and I share it with them. And so this week, uh, our first What's quote... What's your quote of the week? Our quote of the week this week it comes from Ray Hudson, and it is, he was commentating upon Messi, and he says, if Messi were the captain of the Titanic... He would have nutmegged the iceberg. I feel like Ray Hudson is going to be featured here more than once. <laughs> um, Thank you. I will see you next time on the quote of the week. And uh, <laughs> well, and I think I'm going to make a bit of an effort here moving forward as well to kind of touch on uh, around the uh, world of football. So obviously, Syria kicked off this week. I'm a big uh, fan of Syria. Um, so uh, how many Syria games did you watch this week? I watched the Fiorentina Napoli. I'm proud of you. Um, so Fiorentina four. Napoli, hey. Napoli winning four four three against Fiorentina. I just want to give a quick shout out. Go ahead, real quick to my boy Connor Sullivan out here. He's probably not listening. He might be listening, but he watched the entirety of the Roma Genoa game. Yeah, that that yeah Roma drawing that was a Genoa fire game too. is he chose is a, a good game to watch. Um, AC Milan losing to Udinese. Sorry, Hans. Um, Juve beating Parma. Um, Lazio putting on a good display against Sampdoria. And, Leche. and uh, Inter <laughs> just putting on a masterclass today. And, Versus uh, Leche. Yeah, so... Donde esta la leche? Some interesting stuff going on in Serie A. Most of the big teams looking good. Uh, AC Milan's stumbling a little bit. And Roma's stumbling. Um, in uh, La Liga... Uh, we had, uh... I don't think any of us actually... No, but, uh, I do want to mention, just because it's funny, that, uh, Real Madrid, um, drew this week and dropped points. 
which uh, against uh, Valladolid. Am I even? I don't know. I don't know anything like about that. La Liga, but I did want to mention that Real Madrid dropped points because that's always fun. German league. Um, Bundesliga. Sure, you want to do a quick Bundesliga? Sure. I mean, I hate La Liga, but I mean. Um, so, uh, meanwhile, in the Bundesliga, um, I think uh, yeah, in the Bayern game, click on that. Yeah, Schalke losing to Bayern. Uh, Bayern Robert Lewandowski's getting another hat trick. He's now the top scorer in the league in the Bundesliga. And right uh, Dortmund putting three past Köln. Mucin um, Gladbach beating Mainz by three to one. And, Leipzig, uh, beating, Leipzig Frankfurt. beating Frankfurt 2-1. That's a big game. That's a big and, uh, win. That's a big oh, win. and I do want to mention as our last uh, piece on the Bundesliga, um, Timo Werner signed a new contract at Leipzig. See, that's very interesting to me because, I mean, I mean, then I think Leipzig is honestly, I could see them fighting either, I could see them either winning the Europa League or fighting for a Champions League spot in the Bundesliga. Well, Timo Werner is... Are really putting uh, some pressure uh, on the, is there The kind of idea there, I think, was to turn the Bundesliga into a three-horse race instead of a two-horse race and to really... really right now, it's a one-horse race. They haven't, no one's really caught Bayern in a very long time. Dortmund won not that long ago. I think their last what one season was, what, was like that? 2015? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, or even earlier. No, nope, yeah, even earlier. I think it was like it's been a while. It's been, yeah. it's been a while. <laughs> but that was back when Klopp was a uh, yeah was at Dortmund. Things have changed, and I think so, I think if RB Le- RB Leipzig might be the first team to pull it off. Hot minute, you know. And uh, yeah, so that's what's going on around the world of uh, world of football. We're gonna try to inc- include that a little bit. Oh, and in uh, in France. Um, Mbappe and Cavani are both injured, which means Neymar might not be going anywhere because it would be bad for PSG to lose all three of their best players. Yeah, probably. And Chupa Moting scored, I think, a brace. I don't. If anybody ever told me that Chupa Moting was going to score at all, ever, I would have slapped them in the face. But I guess I'm slapping myself in the face tonight. So, and, yeah. cool. And as a uh, just a quick bit here. Uh, in the Scottish Premier League, both Celtic and Rangers winning all their games so far and playing against each other this uh, this weekend. Ooh! So at six a.m. Yeah, they only play. They only play at noon to avoid fights. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. So, um, yeah. So that will be definitely a game that we will review next week because I am going to definitely be watching that one. You go downtown for that one. So. Uh, We'd like to thank you all for listening, and uh, that's the Fixtures Podcast. See you all next week. Episode 4. Thank you.